With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone, Tom Clarkson here and welcome once again to 30 Days of Beyond the Grid. For day 27, we're going back to the first decade of the Formula One World Championship. We're going to hear from Tony Brooks, who won races for Ferrari and the former British team Vanwall in the 1950s. He was nicknamed the Racing Dentist because he studied dentistry at university before swapping teeth for the track. Today would have been Tony's 91st birthday. When he died last year, we lost the last F1 race winner of the 1950s. But his stories live on, and it was a privilege to speak to him in 2019. He took us back to a time when there was no room for error. The first competition you had was the circuits on which we raced. Because if you ever made a mistake in those days, you were in the the lap of the gods because... uh, whether you finished up against a, a brick wall or, or turned over in a ditch or a telegraph tele, telephone booth was entirely dependent on, uh, on on the circuit that you were on. Uh, so that was the first worry that you had in those days. And then afterwards you had, you know, um, 20 or so competitors to deal with. We were um, very much aware that you know, the danger was so much greater in those days and uh, not this business of a, a, a yellow line to, sort of, to mark the uh, the limit of the uh, of the circuit, and there was a great sense of camaraderie in those days because, to say, it was so dangerous. And I can't, I don't want to start quoting uh, the statistics, but um, you know there were often two or three top drivers a year killed uh, in many many of the years throughout the uh, the fifties. So it really was dangerous, and I think it engendered a. Um, a sense of camaraderie, I think, rather like it would have been uh, for the Spitfire pilots, for example, during the Second World War. They would be sort of in the in the in the in the um, in the canteens, sort of having a coffee or something. One minute, then the alarm would go, and they rush to the cars, rush to their planes, I should say. And um, you know, whether they were all going to be back again having a cup of tea uh, an hour later would be, you know, very much in the uh, in the lap of the gods. It, it was there was a tremendous sense of camaraderie and a sense of, uh, well, yes, we raced you know very very hard against each other, but it was a, a sense of uh, looking after each other at the same time. And you never have some of the, the sort of things that go on these days because they can do it and get away with it. Uh, as I say, in those those days, also apart from the circuits, the cars were not designed to withstand uh, accidents uh, as they are now. I mean, uh, I think um, uh, somebody uh, whose name I forget, I think the Australian gentleman, um, he sort of had a big spin somewhere, uh, oh, head over heels thing, and uh, um, and uh, it got you know. Next time you see him on television, he's walking back to have a shower. Uh, and uh, so the, <laughs> you know, your the day, protection, it, yeah. uh, the strength of the cars mm. was enormous. Mm. It sounded like you needed incredible bravery. Did you consider yourself a brave person? Did you think you were doing something very different to your contemporaries? No, not at all. I did it because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, 
And the thing is that um, I never raced with, um, I'm not sure I can do this, but I'll, uh, I'll make myself do it. I never forced myself to drive beyond the limits of my capability. I drive up to the limits of my capability and no more. And, you know, a certain driver who still remained nameless, I know, uh, was um, uh, recorded in one book that he, uh, there was a, a corner at um, one circuit, I think it was to be a Syracuse, that uh, he didn't think he could take it flat, but um, he decided he could. And uh, uh, so he could take it flat. He looked down at the instrument panel when, uh, so that he could keep it flat and wouldn't be distracted by what was going on. Now, this seems to me, you know, quite incredible. What an amazing story. Racing back in the 50s was sometimes so scary. The only way drivers could do it was to look away. Tony Brooks was an extraordinary person to talk to and we miss him dearly. Be sure to take a listen to the full interview to hear more about the early decades of Formula One or read his life story on FormulaOne.com. Well, we're approaching the 30 days of Beyond the Grid finish line. Our first new episode of 2023 is coming out this Wednesday, the 1st of March. And that's not all. F1 Nation, our official race preview and review podcast, returns this Monday with a look ahead to the Bahrain Grand Prix. So don't miss that. And make sure you're ready for the new season by downloading the F1 app and subscribing to F1 TV. I'll be back tomorrow with another Beyond the Grid archive clip. Thanks for listening.